Hello, podcast time. Let's go. Um, can you hear me now, Casper? Can you? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, cool. You're very quiet, my end, but I don't think there's much we can do about that. Um, because you can't really turn the gain up on your microphone, which is weird. No, it it's fine on my end. Like I recorded a video with it the other day, and it was fine. Yeah, you're on two hundred percent for me. Um. It's all right. We'll 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 work with it. So, Casper, how are you? I'm okay. I'm about to go live because I forgot to press go live. Oh, well. Oh wait, do I need to record? Yeah, no, you don't need to record. Are we on episode nineteen? Episode nineteen, yeah. Yeah. Boom and go live. There we go. I'm live, I think. I think. I'm Can you live. move your face closer yeah. to the microphone? Because I really can't go. hear you. Uh, yeah, I can't move any closer than this at all. Okay. And I also Ooh. need to keep myself in frame as well. Yeah, there's that. So I need to move across and back a little bit. There we go. Um. Whoa, yeah, me... Dojo Hype. Hello, Atomic. Nice to see you in chat. I appreciate you coming along. We're just sort of opening the podcast with a couple of technical difficulties, but I think we're all good now. Yeah. Um. So, what has happened this week? Right, I'm going to launch straight into my gaming news of the week, because some very exciting stuff happened over in the Resident Evil section of the world. Uh, so, Resident Evil 8's come out. I won't spoil anything of the game here. I have played it through on stream and said what I thought about it on during that. Um... But don't worry, I'm not going to talk about the story or anything. But I will say that it's very, very good. If you do want to pick it up, um, do so. I would recommend it. I've never really played many of the Resident Evil games. But you don't really need to uh, in order to understand this game and understand everything that's going on. Uh, Resident Evil 7, it's a, it's a sequel to Resident Evil 7. So you may need to have either played that one or at least know something about the story from that one. If you want to avoid spoilers for that one, maybe play that one first. But overall, very, very good game, and I definitely recommend you check it out. I've always been a fan of Resident Evil in the sense of, like, uh, I like the horror and I like the design, but I've never actually played many of them until the Resident Evil 2 remake came out. I think I played the remastered version of the first one, which was which was a good time, and Resident Evil Two Remake was exceptional. Honestly, I really really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I've just never been too into them. But I can see why people are. They all seem to have the same kind of feel to them in terms of like the the long puzzle solving uh, and things like that over time, which has just been really good. But yes, definitely, if you want to see. If you want, if you want deeper thoughts of mine into what I thought about Resident Evil and stuff, then it's all up on the archive uh, for my Twitch uh, or on my Twitch uh, itself for the next two weeks. It will be as well. Um, so do go check that out, uh, and definitely I would recommend the game. Um, and yeah. Uh, that's a pretty good time, and 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 the the tall lady that the internet was thirsting for this entire time, um, is is in it, and uh, she's amazing and very very scary, and uh, I love that. We love strong women, even if they're and villains and want to. Hopefully, step on you. she will be in. She will be in Dead by Daylight soon. 
Oh, yeah. So there's going to be a Dead by Daylight crossover, isn't there? Yeah. With, um... Um... With... When does that come out, actually? Let me with, what, with Resident Evil. Uh, I think it'll either be Lady Demetresque, uh, or it'll be the... Oh, Nemesis, that's his name. The guy from Resident Evil 2. Because, basically, there's this character, and he just follows you everywhere. Uh, and he's immortal. You can't kill him. You can't do anything to fight him at all. Uh, and he's in Resident Evil 2, and he's just immortal and does a lot of damage. And he just follows you around consistently all the time. Um, and he's just got big stomping footsteps, and you, like, all you can either do, really, is hide from him and run from him. You can stun is, him by shooting him in the head, but that's about it. It is coming out on May the 25th, and we still do not know who the killer is. Is it going to be a killer and a survivor? I assume so. They usually put a survivor in as well, don't they? Yeah. Like, realistically, the survivor's either going to be... Um, oh, fuck, I'm getting raided. Hello. Uh... Eep Incorporated, thank you so much for the raid. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Uh, come along to the podcast. Feel free to add to the discussion at any point. It's a discussive podcast, and it's why we're here. It's just a chill way to spend a Wednesday evening. But thank you so much that, uh, for that, uh, Epin. And, um, yeah, man. So, yeah, there's going to be a Dead by Daylight crossover uh, with Resident Evil, which I'm looking for forward to. Um, I, I, I don't know enough about Resident Evil to really They could release two comment. like they did with, uh, the Stranger Things one, and they released two with the, the Trickster. Uh, with, with two survivors or two killers? Two survivors. Two survivors. Maybe. Uh, that would make sense, actually, because the most iconic duo I see a lot of the time... I mean, I, it's either, like, like if you want to talk about, like, Resident Evil characters that people immediately think of, and I'm someone who's never really played much Resident Evil, so, you know, like, but these are the characters I still think of when I hear it. I think of Jill Valentine, um, and, and Leon, because Leon's basically been the poster boy for Resident Evil for such a long time. That um, that I just I, I I find it hard to believe that there's going to be a that 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 there would be a cro any kind of crossover with him in another with, with Resident Evil another game that doesn't have him in it to be honest. Yeah. Uh, um, and Jill's quite being the poster girl. I, 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 anyone in my chat can feel I, free to correct me if I'm I wrong. I honestly here, know nothing know. about Resident Evil. Uh, I... They're good. Haven't even seen the films. I don't think the um, films are the films are uh, a whole other level of shite. <laughs> I've been told that the films are okay and that um, they're better than other video game movies, but that isn't saying much. Although apparently, apparently Resident this... Evil Five and Six are not very good games, and every Resident Evil fan that I've spoken to seems to agree that Five and Six are not very good games. 
But also every Resident Evil fan I've ever spoken to has also agreed that every single version of any movie to do with Resident Evil is by far worse than any video game in the series. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, they're garbage. They're garbage movies. Even as although... someone who's never really played Resident Evil, I can say that they are terrible, terrible films. On the subject of video game movies, the Mortal Kombat remake comes out. I don't, I don't know whether it's a remake it's or out. a new one. It's out. Uh, it's not out yet. Cinemas aren't open over here until the it's 17th. Out. It's it. Well, people uh, have watched it. I watched the Man of the Jedi's review of it. Yeah, I think it came out in America and Canada because uh, hmm. their cinemas. Haven't ever closed, I don't think. No, uh, and right. people are saying that that's really good, but I've seen a lot of people saying that they think people only think it's good because we haven't seen a new film for so long. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's one of those anything that I watch at the cinema will be good because it will be the first film I have seen at the cinema for over six months. So I mm. will enjoy it no matter what it is, and. A lot of people are saying that that's the case with Mortal Kombat, and it is not actually very good. So I'm quite excited to see that, because I like Mortal Kombat. I've played Mortal Kombat for pretty much my entire life. I'm not really yeah. good at it, but I don't yeah, think I, I even played it with you um, at one point. It's one of the few games um, you've actually managed to beat me on, because yeah, I don't get it. I'm, I am ridiculously <laughs> I'm really good, good at it, it, because it is essentially a memory game. Yeah. Um, if you remember the combinations, and I've been playing it since I was, uh, since I was knee high and my dad had the original Xbox, mm. uh, and the combinations never really changed that much, so no, I'm can't quite good at it. The only thing that really changes about, um, about Mortal Kombat to, that I can see is the graphics. Like and how move. and how graphic the, they uh, are with uh, their kills yeah, and stuff. <laughs> how, how graphic the finishing move are. Yeah, is always changes and the finishing move changes because they like to one up themselves with the gore and stuff. I've not played the most recent one because it's ridiculously expensive, and I wouldn't. I hardly ever play it on my own. It's one that I'll play. If I've got a friend round or if I'm at a friend's house or something. But I won't play through the story alone. Yeah. Because the story of those sorts of games are shite. I'm sorry to any Mortal Kombat fans. But I've played a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, that no one plays... I don't um, think there's anyone who plays Mortal Kombat for the story. Yeah. Like, which I is don't... why... Which is why, because the stories are so shite and the storylines are so shite, I'm, tent I'm curious to see whether this... Mortal Kombat movie is actually any good because they don't put effort into the game storyline so I bloody hope it goes into these movies I mean um, it'll be a different set of people though won't it who who do the um the movies versus the games to be fair I assume so I've not really looked into it because uh anything to do with looking into the cinema at the moment has just made me sad for such a long time so I've just not looked at any releases um Although I would like to go and see some of the Oscars, some of the films that have won the Oscars in the cinema, because they'll be released as soon as they open. Yeah, yeah. we like watched Nomadland. Uh, I, I would, I would very much like to see very, The Sound of Metal one of the, in a cinema. Uh, winners of the Oscars. Uh, Nomadland won Best Picture. 
Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really but enjoyed I, it. I would, I would like to go and see The Sound of Metal, especially in the cinema. Yeah. If they do it in IMAX, I will happily pay more. I would have liked to see it in the cinema would... in the first place, but it's just not a movie that inspires me to watch it more than once. I... It's a good film. I'm just, just interested in I've the sound design. Really I, I think the film as a whole, they they should have stuck to the true story that it's based mm. on. Uh, it's not based didn't. off a true story, though, isn't it? We looked it up and... Oh it's yeah, it's based, based off, off a mockumentary. A it's based off it's a mockumentary. based off a mockumentary that I thought. If anyone real. doesn't know what we're talking about, basically, there's a movie called The Sound of Metal where a guy loses his hearing, uh, but he's a drummer, uh, and it's about his him coming to terms with losing his hearing, and and it's very interesting. The sound it design is in it is very the good. The sound design is very beautiful. Uh, we thought I... it was based off a true person who has actually learned to still play the drums even though they're deaf. However um we did it uh we looked it up and apparently that was like a mockumentary there are yeah. people who can do that though because you can learn to basically just do what you knew how to anyway because it's just muscle memory and you learn it with um uh, uh, and the you vibrations. just listen to the vibrations what are we talking about here dagon we're talking <laughs> thank you for that uh we're talking about um we are talking about uh, fuck. I got distracted because my sound, my uh, fuck sound alert was triggered. Uh, films that will be out in the cinema when they. Yeah, well, them. well, we were just talking about Sound of Metal, um, which was which is very good. But talking of yeah. films that are going to be out um, uh, soon, the A Quiet Place Part Two comes out on it's June. Finally 3rd. out on June third. We we are we're unfortunately going to go into a gig with my friend. From we're going we go i think i think well, the, well, i thought the plan was to go to the cinema uh in wait are we going to manchester to see the game no beans on toast is in brighton so oh is it well yeah. then we just go to the cinema in brighton beforehand yeah we can we can go to cinema beforehand with molly i'll i'll, or I'll make comes sure the that... worst like we can just go another day it's not going to be that difficult to be I, honest I going on the day it comes out it's probably going to be a, a quite a Especially bad thing to do because cause exactly be because seats. um a quiet place part two was due to come out literally as lockdown started and it yeah. as it started and that that and, been, and, and, and and they just they just held held out they were just like you know what nah and i've <laughs> so also been waiting do it. for i've been waiting for that film for a year and they announced it straight after the first one came out so whenever the first one came out, I forgot what year it is. Plus a year I've been waiting for it. It's I try not to have um, expectations with movies and stuff, but they've had an extra year beyond the year where they were going to release it. Yeah. So if they haven't worked out any kinks they had with the movie when it was going to come out last time, I'm going to be very disappointed because I'm expecting A Quiet Place Part 2 to be absolutely exceptional. <laughs> I'm expecting it to be life-changing. Legit. Would, like, you've, you've got an extra year to work on your movie that you didn't expect to have. I expect the, it to be an incredible film. And, you know, if they fuck it up, I'm going to be so annoyed. All of the trailers have come out for it, but I haven't watched any of them, so I'm not sure whether it's about the same character or different It character. is the same character as or in a the different... first Oh, one, for yeah. fuck's sake. I wanted it set in England. Because we don't have guns, it'd be quite interesting. Uh, I mean, it, either it'd be and, quite interesting or it'd be really fucking boring. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I 
really love A Quiet Place. And it's great because unlike The Sound of Metal, uh, they got a deaf actor in to play the little girl and mm. taught everybody American Sign Language. And we love inclusion in the film industry. It's, yeah, it's so rarely done. Like, we we expect the bare minimum with inclusion. Uh, yeah, I uh, yeah I don't I I'm wary of congratulating people for doing the uh, the very minimum. Petty Wop, thank you for the luck. Yeah, um, I'm wary of uh, congratulating people for doing the bare minimum these days because it's just like well obvious yeah like, it, like it's the, the obvious <laughs> thing to do. I want to be able to look at this kind of thing and just without blinking and be like, oh yeah, they did that. Um, but yeah. oh, I, hold on! I just got a donation of ten bits. Thank you, Petty, for the donation of ten bits. I really appreciate that, uh, and thank you for coming along as well. Uh, and if anyone in my chat or in the YouTube comments in the future does want to add to the discussion of whatever we talk about today, uh, feel free. Uh, we it's a podcast where we do like to just talk about whatever, uh, and that does include anything that's brought up in chat or comments um so yeah uh where was it going uh we were saying that we shouldn't congratulate yeah exactly filmmakers and rich people for doing the bare minimum yeah it's like it's like when we say oh my god uh russell t davis um 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 actually had a survivor of the aids crisis and it's a sin why is that an oh my god thing? That should just be expected. Yeah, like, like even like I can I can kind of sometimes like it it can be annoying. But if there's someone that you say there's a a, a a very famous celebrity that you have the opportunity to work with, but you want to write a movie about uh say say a trans character, you want to write a movie about a trans character, and you have the opportunity to work with an incredibly famous person for your movie, but they're not trans. You need that person to be the main character, really. Well, no, because this is, this is what you, your movie is about. But, what I'm, before you interrupt me again, Casper, what I'm trying to say is, if that kind of situation comes along, which I can kind of understand, at least have a trans person on set yeah. Who you consult about the character? Yeah, like have and have actual trans in people cast. in the have movie. Have actual trans in people it. in the cast, etc. Because I, I can, I do understand occasionally if you have the opportunity to work with someone really famous that will be really good for the movie, but you need to give them the main part, part, and that your movie just happens to be about something that that person isn't. Uh, yeah. I can understand needing or wanting to cast that person for the main role, but you should definitely include people. And having the doing the bare minimum uh, doesn't necessarily deserve congratulations. But I would like to congratulate uh, Moot Salsa for following me. Thank you very much for that. Wow. I appreciate you. <laughs> it's just like if if you're gonna write, let's use trans as an example. Still, if you're gonna write a movie about a trans person, then you t- i i like it's a funny one because i am like yes trans people should play cis people mm. because that's what acting is you're meant to play someone who isn't yourself i mean the, the 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 i think the different argument for that is that 
there are less trans people. So them playing cis people isn't necessarily yeah. a, uh, uh, you know, isn't like, a, isn't, a, isn't as big as a thing. But when you've got like, you've got a handful of trans actors in the world and then you've got some cis actors taking their roles. Um, yeah. Obviously, it, it, I have said like, it's, you know, it's just, th- it's there, just... There, there can be exceptions to that if, if, if it's if, if, if it's good for your movie and you want to try and make the right choices, of course. But and... if you are taking the role away from another trans per- person, you've got to consider if it's worth it. And there are less trans actors, which means you should give them more trans parts. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, um, uh, and if you have someone who who knows what the character will be feeling and understands the character's journey, mm. which is a very cheesy phrase in terms of trans people. But with anything, if you have someone who's lived through that character's experiences, um, you, 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 you will have a better performance. Because that's yeah. just the way it is. Like, 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 like um, on my film that we're handing in next week... Um, the guy who wrote the script um, 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 uh, was also our main actor. Uh, we got a better performance out of him because he knew the character inside and out. He was based on himself. We would have ever got with, a, with an actor that we brought from outside. Yeah, exactly. Because you can explain what's going through your head as a writer or a director as much as you possibly can, and people just not get it. Um, Yeah, and there can also be like, like I understand that there's there's also directors who don't know how to explain what's going on in their head. That's a whole other thing. I think that is exactly why I will never direct because Mm. I know that's exactly why I think I could direct. I think. I, I, I definitely don't plan really on getting into uh, film and TV so much that I ever really work on a project, to be honest, because I'm pretty set on just making my own content on, online at this point. Um, but if I was to ever direct anything, I think I would be quite good at it because if I've got an image in my head, I can I can explain it and I can push it. And yeah. I know that there are people... Uh, like I know that there are people who can do that, and when they do do that, and every everyone works together and everyone manages to sort of get the same idea going on, uh, it makes beautiful things. My favorite example of this that I'm that's I'm thinking in my head right now is uh, Alien. I think the I think Alien is definitely a masterpiece of a movie. Yeah, um, and I think Ridley Scott. All the writers, all the costume designers, uh, the, the production a- design, actors, on, the production, the set, Alien was was all beautiful. of it. Yeah, all of like, it. I think they all came together and had the exact same vision of exactly what should happen, and they managed to create something absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, like I don't know. I don't know what. What are you, some of your? Because you're a film student, Casper. For those that don't know, uh, I... what are some of your your masterpiece movies? Because mine is definitely Alien and Aliens. I think those are masterpiece I... movies. And Not Lord's to the sound Rings. stereotypical, but, you? but 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 uh, Wes Anderson is 
a god amongst men. Like... I may have to look this person up. Like, uh, like do you want to any... explain who Wes Anderson is for people like me who might not necessarily he know? He did the Grand Budapest Hotel and ah. Fantastic Mr. Fox and Moonrise ah. Kingdom. Which Moonrise Fantastic Kingdom Mr. Is, Fox was incredible. Is, I haven't seen it. I've seen ev every other film he's done. I've also really? seen Isle of Dogs. Fanta I've Fantastic not, Mr. Fox Fantastic is, is amazing. Fox, and I've not seen Isle of Dogs, which is also animated in the same style. Isle of as... Dogs is incredibly, brutally sad. Um, yeah. Oh, no, it's I've not. No, Casper, we have watched Isle of Dogs together. I, I don't believe. think I have. No, we've, we have. We have watched Isle of Dogs together. Um, oh, maybe. It can't be I'm that good, fairly so confident we have. Um, well, uh, when... But Isle of Dogs, yes, fantastic. And Fantastic but Mr. Fox I've is also fantastic. I've not seen Fantastic Mr. Fox because I was scared of the book when I was a child. I was terrified of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was I've... absolutely terrified. And I've heard from um, a lot of friends and family that it is quite a scary depiction of it. It is. Um, so I've, I've, well, I've, it's just, I've just... It's, it's, you know, remember when we watched, um, um, was it called Gone Home or something? That, that, that Korean, uh, horror series. Um, um and the, the, um, all the monsters in it, the, the animation for them was done in this sort of almost clay motion time yeah. kind of thing. Where they I... were very jerky and twisty. Like, like they're being, like animated frame by frame um and that kind of animation is what's also used in fantastic mr fox and i find fantastic that kind of an mr. animation fox is claymation is it actually claymation um, oh that makes more I sense yeah i think so because it's but... no it's puppets i don't think it's claymation i think it's puppets but uh um but yes um yeah that that uh... that kind of jerky motion it creates a sense of unpredictability and nervousness that you, yeah. you you don't really experience when something's fully animated like you could show me a horror movie with a really well-designed monster but it it just moves too fast or it moves too like like it, it flows too much it's not clunky and and jerky and weird the cr most creepiest things i've seen in horror really are the things that move unpredictably like I was yeah. playing Resident Evil Eight, um, and the fact that uh, that I'm not saying any spoilers here, by the way. I'm just talking a bit about the, the how the enemies anim are animated. Um, they they sort of stumble at you, and they they jerk their heads around, and then the way they move and move their weapons and stuff around as they're slowly lumbering towards you makes them so much harder to hit. Um, because you need to really shoot them in the head to do any real damage. And that is terrifying. It makes every encounter in that kind of game really scary because you don't know where they're going to be next. <laughs> and, uh, that's, it's, it's good. It's cool. Uh, but I definitely see why that makes you scared of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. Because it's the same um, kind of thing. I think it's, it's mostly just because I was so scared of the book when I was a kid. So like, I was petrified hmm. of it. But uh, Moonrise Kingdom is my favourite Wes Anderson film. Um, Moonrise it, Kingdom. I don't think I've heard of that one. It's it's about a little boy who goes to a scout camp called Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise. And uh, he 
he goes on a wander because he's being bullied. And uh, he meets this girl who lives in a really big posh house nearby and falls in love with her. And it's just a love story and it's just really sweet and beautiful. It's beautifully shot. There's there's a Wes Anderson pan, it is called, like, is the actual term. Yeah. Uh, the opening shot, I think it's like, it's like five minutes long or something. It's all done in one take. Uh, with I love a load those. Of kids, with a load of kids dressed up uh, as scouts. So it was really difficult because it was loads of kids. Thank you for the uh, light, Savage. But it it's just really beautiful. And there's something really nice about the colours that Wes Anderson uses as well. Like, the colour palettes are always so bright and childish. They are. I looked him up. He, his colour palette as a person is also very bright. Like, if you yeah. look up Wes Anderson, look at the clothes he wears. He's an odd-looking bloke. He is very odd-looking. Uh, his He's... eyes kind of scare me. Um, but yes, he's... Um, his his color palette as a person, the way he dresses, is exactly the same as the movies he's he, he's directed as well. It's... They're all very um, they're all very colorful, but like very bright colors. Usually a lot of reds or a lot of pinks, that and kind pinks. of thing. Yeah, there's and a it's lot of pink. And in, very in very Moonrise nice. Kingdom, there's a lot of yellow because of the scout uniform. Ah, and, well, and Grandpa's and... Has hotel's pink as well. Yeah, I just think the colour palette, that is use of colour and his use of sound. I watched a video called uh, Wes Anderson's Beautiful Sound Design or something. It was done by a, I think it was Every Frame of Painting, who's mm. a big famous YouTuber who does film reviews and analytical film reviews. Because oh. um, I have been researching for my portfolio for my short film. I've written about the sound designer in Jojo Rabbit, which is another, and, uh, and, uh, 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 um, um, Taika Waititi is also one of my favourite directors. He's probably my favourite. He's probably higher up than Wes Anderson, just because he's bloody insane. Like, so, so, to, uh, so, like, so what's the short answer to the question? Uh, anyway, hey, Sothi, welcome to the chat. Um, what's your short answer to your que to the question anyway? Um, which was, what movie do you consider to be a masterpiece of a film? Uh, like if you were to just give me a I, movie if, title, what would it be? Immediately, my brain goes Stand by Me, but that's just because I'm a film nerd and I I have a love for '80s cinema, like. I, I think I've seen Stand By Me. You've watched Stand By Me with me. It's uh, got River Phoenix in it. Oh, it's about yeah. Boys who who uh, find a dead body on the train and the train tracks, and mm. the whole movie is just them going on a walk, and it, uh, it's just so so beautiful and sad. Thank you for the lurk, Patty. Hello, Quinn Up Girl. How are you? Uh, have you ever a good time? Uh, Uncultured Sloth is in my chat, uh, and she says. That she's a sucker for Moulin Rouge, which I think oh, is very. Same. I Moulin, do really like uh, that one. Uh, Moulin Rouge, Rouge is so good. I, I how to... do you pronounce it? Because I go Moulin uh, Rouge. Well, how Moulin did you Rouge. say it? It's how Moulin you... Rouge. Aha. Moulin Rouge. I go Moulin like, Rouge. Like, like, <laughs> That's uh, how my brain I... reads it immediately. 
I used to have that on DVD when I was a teenager. I'm sure my age here. And uh, <laughs> me and Molly used to watch it every weekend at sleepovers at her house. Yeah. When we were, I haven't we watched have been, it that many we times. We must have been about have 12. Like, the version where they sing Elton John at the end. Is that the one? Is that? Watches? Hold on. That's Ewan McGregor. Hmm. No, I didn't know he was. There. I haven't watched. Uh, for clarification, I haven't watched this movie in a while. Um, uh, hey, Kronos. I, I've not chat. watched it since I was about thirteen, but I used to love that movie. That and Moulin Rouge. Is that how you go with is it? it? Uh, I thought it was Sloppy. Moulin. No, that's well, maybe i in my like... chat is saying that uh, she pronounces it Moulin Rouge. Uh, although, actually, my brain goes to pronounce that last word as rogue because of D and D. Yeah. So really, my my brain's immediate thought is Mulan Rogue. <laughs> it's got an umlaut over one of the letters on it, I think. Um, uh, I I've seen that movie you... at least three hundred times. Same. Says Slothy. Same. Uh, also, it's kind of what made me buy slash pan. That's interesting. I'll, I'll, honestly, I'll... same. I think. I think I watched it. At a... What is that? What what is there? Is there some? Is there like a single piece of media that you can really link back? Like, well, maybe there's not a single piece, but it, it, there's there's got to be. Is there a piece of media for you, Casper, that you can sort of look back on and be like, ah, so that's why I'm bisexual. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know? Have you seen the two thousands version of Romeo and Juliet? Slothy will have seen it if she likes Moulin Rouge a bit. Wait, uh, is that the one with um with with Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio? In? Yeah, that I movie. had to study that fucking movie that same. in high school. Same. I I loved it. Uh, that was a pivotal point in me working out my sexuality. Honestly, yeah, just um, that film and that age, like it it. But I rewatched it like. Not last year, the year after, I think, and it's not as good as I remember. For I me, remember it being, it's weirdly... I remember the, it being amazing. It, for me, the thing that links all of the things I am in terms of, like, relationship-wise and sexuality-wise, because I am bisexual and polyamorous, for those that don't know, uh, and the thing that, link, that I can link back to as a childhood movie that, <laughs> that could necessarily be the reason for all of it is... Um, the Road to El Dorado, <laughs> which oh, is yeah, a we watched that. quite an ex yeah we watched it together because I got really uh, I I um a few a couple of months back I was just looking at it like hold on these characters are all so obviously in love with each other and two of them are men and one of them's a woman and they just have this whole throuple dynamic going on and I'm just there like wait a second <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, my my, either that or Doctor Who. Honestly, Billy Piper was if you, one of my first. Oh yeah, first Doctor Who definitely. I feel crushes. like David Tennant uh, as the Doctor was my one of my first male crushes, a hundred percent. And I watched and Diary Billy of a Piper was definitely well, one of actually. my first female crushes. So I can and, definitely uh, link Diary that. Diary of a Call Girl was very good as well. So for those that don't know, The Road era. to El Dorado is a DreamWorks Disney two thousand. No, it's DreamWorks. Uh, DreamWorks two uh, year two thousand animated adventure musical, in the um, same style as The Emperor's New Groove. Exactly, yes. Um, and Although just the the, New Groove Tulio and Miguel—they're never explicitly said to be in a relationship or anything, but they just 
act so in love with each other. They act like they've been in a relationship for a very, very long time. And like then they meet married. this. Then they meet this woman, who who they both kind of fall in love with, but one of them, only one of them, is ever shown to have any kind of real relationship with her. But the way they all act with each other is definitely like a polydynamic uh, in terms of like they come to terms with jealousy, they face it as part of their story arc and things and stuff. Uh, Quinn up girl, thank you for the luck. Sorry, I'm getting some messages through. Should we? Um, uh, because it's a discussive podcast, me and Casper talk to each other. And I don't want to talk over him, so I, I will I'll have to come back to messages, I'm afraid. But thank you for sending some in. So um, let me scroll back up here because uh, we've got a few. Um, the first time seeing it was. It, it, seeing what? Was that. Is Rent Le a movie? Oh, Rent is a movie, yeah. What's that? I've What's that one about? I have never seen the movie, though. I've only watched the stage show. Uh, Slothy's um, saying that the first time she saw the movie Rent was in her high school's uh, Gay Straight Alliance, which I'm guessing is a Gay club. Straight Alliance is a thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a I'm, guessing it's, I'm guessing it's... We... Uh... A, a sort of a club where gay people and straight people. Uh, my together. school set up an LGBT alliance after yeah, I left because because I was bullied so much. Uh, they set up a gay straight alliance because me and my gay mate were bullied so much for being gay. Wow, yeah, there's an LGBT alliance in your uni, isn't there? There's no, it's not an alliance. It's a society. Yeah. Um, uh, alliance... Thank you for the luck. Um, Yes, El Dorado was amazing. We've got a lot of we've got some love for Tennant and Billy Piper and El Dorado in chat right now, which is nice. Yeah. Um, uh, to be fair, yeah, Billy Piper is actually one of my favorite actresses. I think I never really give her credit because I always kind of forget that she exists, to be honest. But uh, she's a very good actress. She's good in everything, like in the Diary of a Call Girl. She was good in that, but I was way too young to be watching it. So Thank you for the luck, Slothy. Um, you don't know what Rent is? Yeah, no, I've never seen it. Neither has Casper. It's a musical. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah, we've got... Uh, we. Uh, it, to be fair, it's totally valid to have a platonic romance. Oh, 100%. I, I definitely agree with that. It's just... How they interact with e each other, like Tulia and Miguel in El Dorado... And then how they interact with uh, Shell in El Dorado as well. Uh, it's just, it's just so, it's just so in love. And it could be, it, it's definitely, it, like, I'm sure the image that they were going for, because it's DreamWorks and it was the early 2000s, uh, was definitely, the, I'm sure the image they were going for was definitely, they're just bros and, you know, this relationship Chell has with them uh, is monogamous with only one of them. But watching it, knowing that I'm bisexual and poly now, I just see so much of myself and other people within the poly LGBT community uh, within it that I'm just like, yeah. And there's an entire fucking, like I made a meme once. The, the, you, the, the, the most interaction I have ever got on anything, right, is a throwaway meme I made on Facebook. This has had more wow. likes, more shares, more anything than any other piece of content I have put out on the internet. And it was just an Eldorado meme. For transphobia. It, it was just an Eldorado meme that said something that was just like, 
it, it essentially conveyed the message like um being bisexual and polyamorous as an adult is 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 comes from El Dorado and the fact that so many people related to that really makes me <laughs> really makes me feel like it had a more it had this very similar impact on a lot of people yeah. um i don't know if i agree with the gay vibes from el dorado however that's only because i've had platonic romances at that level and people are asking are you sure you're not gay that's fair enough i i completely understand to be that. fair I, yep i get yep, those vibes I... because maybe i just ship the characters like that's that can be a thing but obviously it's not fair to ship real people um so yeah um, i and it's it's definitely good to have that platonic platonic uh level of friendship um where you can yeah. like you know I, um, I guess like if people are looking at it like oh are you too gay then you've definitely got a good solid friendship going on there and the people who are just saying shit like that can yeah uh, my family off. thought, uh, thought my best host, friend was friend. my boyfriend for so long but uh rent is a musical focusing on the aids pandemic it, yeah, it's good. Stories of different it's good. LGBT people. If I remember rightly, it's a gay rite of passage, in my opinion. I've, I've never, I've unfortunately never gone through this rite of passage. I'm afraid. Um. Okay, that'll be that that that'll be really interesting. I think we should probably check that out, Casper, because it sounds like we're missing out on some LGBT history here. Yeah, Reckoning, I think we might hi, be. how you doing? Um, I am playing Apex with you after we're doing that at eight, right? I've just um, I've just cleaned my desk because again I didn't learn from my last mistake. I've had to explain the... to so many people that there are levels of love that transcend sexual or romantic attraction. Of course, hundred uh, percent. There's um I mean asexuals exist for examples like that's one of many different aspects. But like you know they they asexuals still love asexuals still have very successful relationships uh, and still enjoy that like the, the romantic aspect and even then you don't even have to have the romantic aspect you can still love your friends you can still try to tell your friends that you love them still call your friends your brothers and your sisters um and still have that really deep meaningful connection with your friends and not go in that direction uh the beauty of media is it can be interpreted by many people of course um yeah, I'd never expect uh, my definition to fully align with everybody else's. Um, but uh, for, yeah, definitely for me, I get I get the vibes because I think I just see... I, I relate to it. onto them. Yeah, I project myself onto the characters because I relate to it within my own life. Because, you know, I am bisexual and I am poly. So if I, when I see the this love between because there's i see i feel like there's got to be an argument as well for the fact that the that there is a certain level of starvation for that kind of content for the lgbt community uh like i'm very sick of monogamous cis white straight relationships in movies and that's not because i hate monogamous cis white straight people necessarily it's because i've been overexposed to it my entire life <laughs> and as someone who is bisexual and as someone who is polyamorous i just i just don't enjoy stories centered around the whole monogamous and straight white cis thing anymore as much 
Uh, like, obviously, I don't mind straight white cis monogamous characters in a thing that's about something completely different. But when a key part of the story relies on that relationship dynamic, I have seen it so many times that I'm kind of like, hmm. And I think maybe the reason I project myself so hard onto these uh, characters uh, and, and see them as maybe in this certain dynamic is because I... I kind of need that in my life to relate to somehow because I don't have it anywhere else. The only piece of polyamorous representation in media I have ever seen that's actually any good, and that's the main centre of the stories, is a very obscure series that came out in 2020 called Trigonometry that hardly anyone I know the, has ever the, seen. The storyline <laughs> on Shameless US was incredibly good. Uh, I've no, obviously, yeah, I've obviously, Shameless. Shameless US is a comedy as well as a drama, so it's comical because the entire show is. Like, mm. it doesn't take itself seriously, and that's why I like the entire show so much. And to start off with, the storyline's a bit odd. Like, there's this lady who comes from Russia. It's all ridiculous, but the entire show is. Uh, this lady comes from Russia and needs citizenship. Hmm. So she moves into the pub with V and Kev, who are husband and wife. They've been together for years. I suppose spoilers for, they are, for, for they are this show. Arguably, if, you've never seen it. I mean, if you've never seen it, it's almost ending. You're, yeah, you're but I want to give a spoiler warning party. for it. And it uh, was, I've never seen it myself, but I don't uh, plan on, so carry on. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Kev and V, who are the best relationship in the show, and I will fight anybody who says otherwise. Uh are this couple who are like really really in love they've been married for quite a while and they're just their relationship's just so lovely and this woman comes to work at the bar this russian lady and she needs citizenship so kev's like i'll marry you so he gets married to uh to i forgot the fucking name i think it might be i've forgotten her name right oh okay come on get on with the story <laughs> <clears throat> So he gets married to her. And uh, not long after that, um, they get drunk. And I think V and whatever the Russian lady is called start kissing. And they, like, fall in love. Like, genuinely fall in love. And they're like, shit, what we're going to do? And then Kev comes home and finds them sleeping together. And they're like, fuck it, let's do it. Let's be a thruple. And then for, like, a solid two seasons... They're just a thruple, and they just run the pub together, and they hmm. and they don't have a baby together, but uh, the Russian lady is pregnant when they meet, that's why she needs citizenship. She wants to raise the baby in the in the US because it's safer than Russia. Yeah. Um, not by much, I imagine, in real life. Uh, so... And it's just really nice, like, it's healthy, apart from a few, well, I think she turns out to be in the Mafia. Well, that's but, that's a uh, whole other that's a I whole mean, other I aspect. Mean, it I is mean, nice to see. I just don't have I, I I just don't have much of it. That's positive. All of the poly rap the I've seen is very um is very is very all of the non-monogamous rap I see. Usually, it's about a character that is non-monogamous to start with, and then their story arc is quote-unquote fixing themselves so that they can then have a monogamous relationship because they're scared of commitment or whatever, which isn't you, me, accurate her, which, at all. Which, uh, it, apparently the first season's good and then it jumps the shark a bit. 
I will get some uh, messages in just a second. Sorry, with so on this topic. I I have never bothered watching that because I've been told by so many people that it just gets unwatchable by season two. So I've just not bothered because I'm not going to watch a show that just is unwatchable after one season because. Unless there is only one season of it, like everything sucks. Why yeah, what's did the point of that? Uh, everything did... sucks was great. All right, why before did... we get on to the, uh, a whole separate topic here, I would like to read out some messages. So Slothy did say that the beauty of media can be uh, the beauty of media is that it can be interpreted by many people, which we already discussed. Uh, and Kronos comes in with the um, uh, with agreeing with that. Uh, and says that we're happy here talking about it, which I'm glad uh, that, you, that you're happy to be here and talking. That's kind of what this podcast is about, and I'm very glad that uh, you're in chat. Um, I love hearing what others ha- what others take away from media uh, that also took something well, that I also took something away from. And I think the only wrong answer you could have is if you took nothing from it. Uh, that's yeah. a ramble that if it made any sense, which does make sense, and I like that. I like that outlook. That is very very cool. And I think one of the greatest parts of a lot of media is the fact that you can discuss it because you get a lot of new ideas. Uh, yeah. Also, you don't like, need to apologize like for rambling will... in my chat. One second, Casper. You don't need to apologize for rambling in my chat, Kronos. I may not get to all the messages just in case if the if the conversation moves on or or the the flow of the conversation goes elsewhere or whatever. I may not get to everything because I might not be able to bring it up. But I do still appreciate you adding to the discussion uh and i will try and get to them as many as them as you we can anyway sorry casper what are you saying um, uh, about the uh, about the ability to discuss media yeah the good thing about uh tv and films in general is that no two people will ever have exactly the same takeaway from it like no it's all down to personal life experience, I think. Um, yeah, because the, like the same, as the I same said, with all like, media, like music, as yeah, well. Exactly. Like nobody will ever view the same. Like well, a, a big or... one for music, actually, which is something I wanted to talk to you about, Casper. Anyway, but it, it's relevant here, so I'll, I'll mention it now. Um, the song, so uh, Dodie. If if anyone doesn't know Dodie, she is a uh, musician that became largely popular through YouTube. Uh, and she's recently just got more and more popular to the point she's releasing, you know, full albums and stuff. And she's on radio. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is incredible. And she makes very good music. She's a lovely girl. Um, and I, 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 I really, really adore her music anyway. Um, but on the subject of like taking different stuff away from music, uh, the song special girl is, 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 is about uh is about childhood trauma uh and yeah. abuse and... uh which 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 is something that you saw you casper you saw that immediately yeah and it made you quite emotional and stuff uh, you know i think i'm okay to say that um and that's i i i didn't see it and i think it speaks a lot to experiences within our individual lives yeah. as to how we see things because i listened to special girl and i didn't get as much from it but then i look at the statistics for dodie's new album and special girl is played so many times yeah for me it's not my favorite song on the album but i can i i i really love the fact 
that so many people have been able to connect with that song and feel yeah. something from that song and I, I... get something get this this sort of connected experience in this song that deals with quite a heavy topic yeah like the the thing i like about this whole era of dodi is that she did it with guiltless as well guiltless is again about childhood trauma she's had quite a Hello, traumatic Maxim. childhood and by writing songs about it and creating things around it she is taking charge of those experiences and not letting them rule her life anymore and i think that's just really beautiful and I've, I've spoken to a lot of friends about this because I've told a lot of friends about my quite emotional response to Special Girl. And uh, all of them who didn't experience quite traumatic things in their childhood um, all said that they didn't, uh, that, that, that they didn't uh, have that vibe from it on the first listen. Hmm. So I think it's one of them that if you know, you know. Yeah, exactly. And... But if you don't, it's still a good song. Like, it's still catchy. And mm -hmm. she's got such a lovely way of reaching out to her audience in a subtle yeah. way. Like with She as well, which is about being in love with a girl when you're straight. She released <laughs> yeah, it before exactly. she came out. How the fuck did none of us know? And uh, for uh, me, a song that connects a lot for me is... Um... Oh fuck! What? I can't even remember the name of it, so obviously it didn't connect that well. Uh, shit! I haven't listened to it in a while. Um, fuck! I can't remember the song name. Uh, the 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 threesome song, Casper. You know the one I mean. Yeah. What's Which it called? She has said in the middle. In the middle. In the middle. Yeah. I don't want. I didn't want. I hesitated to call it the threesome song. I only call it that because Dodie has said that it's about an imaginary threesome yeah. that she she's yeah. thinking about. Um, I didn't and, want to call it the threesome song because it, it it paints it in a bad light. Uh, I guess because there's a stigma there. But it, I I just connect with it the most because it's more it's more it's less about like a threesome or a sexual thing. It's more about being in love with multiple people at the same time, which as I said before, uh, is something that I don't see a lot in the media i consume all the time um and so when i do see it i really connect with it and i really relate with it and it becomes my yeah a, a thing that i just adore uh and which is it, really it's nice. really weird actually now you said that that because dodie's persona before this album was a girl like she her whole audience were it still is teenage girls and her music was very much happy, upbeat, teenage girl music. But she wrote a song about a threesome. Why did everybody view her as this child? It's really strange to me now you've said it. Like, I haven't thought about it until just then. But she's always been writing about quite adult subjects. Uh, not quite as adult as some of the in the same not adult in the same way as some of the songs on build a problem uh but she's always been writing about quite adult subjects hello uh yeah sorry i'm uh i yeah. posted my uh, i posted something in the wrong place um, um the threesome song actually could be used to describe multiple songs i know says chronos yeah. in the in the chat uh, if you, please drop them in the chat if, if there um if there's songs about being less about threesomes i guess but more about 
um being in love with more than one person at a time just because i like having music that i can relate to <laughs> right sorry casper what are you talking about um i was talking about the persona of dodie and how yes for some reason everybody viewed her as a little girl when she was singing about fucking threesomes like so yeah, weird. well, it was always a weird but, uh... thing. Like, you never expected... Uh, because I think it's how Dodie's persona is portrayed for a, a good number of years. Since she, she was... was portrayed she's, as, like... been on, she's been on YouTube since she was 16. She she released She when she was 16, and she's now 27. So yeah, she's had exactly. And this... she's always been... She's always been sort of this figure of kind of innocence and like big round glasses and a ukulele. Yeah, exactly. And always like that kind of um just that kind of that that kind of wholesome vibe. And it's not to not to say that that sex and sexuality isn't wholesome necessarily, but it doesn't um it doesn't get brought up in the same light. And for Dodie's recent album to be a lot of the songs are based either around trauma or about sex and it's just it's just i think really that's wonderful nice. because she's just sharing these parts of her her life with us and as an audience yeah. to connect everybody and it does connect everybody through the form of music she definitely connects i i do adore those music it's I, very very nice very very good and i'm quite excited to see what the fan base is like when i go and see her in september because i've seen her every time she's played in manchester ever and yeah. i will probably continue that for as long as she tours just because i want to say that i've seen her every tour uh mm. she's good live but it's not the usual sort of gig i go to i usually go to jumpy rock gigs and dodie's very the last tour we went to me and my friend josh we're both men we were the oldest there by <laughs> five years at least and we yeah. got laughed at by some teenage girls for singing along and i got actually quite self-conscious about it because mm. they were like oh why would you come to a dodie concert and sing if you've got a low low voice and it, it made me really self-conscious that i'm not often self-conscious about my voice yeah but i really was and i'm really hoping that in september that uh the fan base has grown up slightly with her that would be mm, yeah. it would be really nice to see less judgmental girls there really yeah and there's also the fact that dodie's fucking 27 i watched their interview yeah. with hazel hayes and they did definitely make this the, the the point of like they wanted to make um that one song what was it what was it called the mo the recent one with the oh, the like video you. Oh no! Uh, I no, I kissed someone uh, and it wasn't I you. Kissed someone, it wasn't um, you. they wanted to make that as sort of sexy as they possibly could, just because they they were both kind of like, Dodie's twenty seven. Like get yeah, everyone that's viewing her as sort of this innocent figure who just has never kissed anybody. Oh my god, how could you? Yeah. Then what? Uh, get over it. <laughs> I <laughs> because yeah, there's I so many facets forget. to a human, and that's just it's. It's that you cannot, you cannot like put someone in this little box for whatever. Yeah, like I, I did like, I do like the the, I did enjoy the era where she wore yellow a lot and there was Dodie yellow yeah. and uh, there's a hole in my tooth and the dentist is shut and shit like that and mm -hmm. uh, that I do really enjoy that music, 
Like, oh yeah, it, but it's it's like, different eras and it's different. But uh, it's nice to see times. her taking control of her life and the experiences that have happened to her, and it's just nice to see. And she's proving to millions of people all over the world that that you can move on and you can take control of traumatic experiences. And yeah. I think that that's a very important message to send out to a young audience. And I'm interested to see what content comes from her in the future as well, now that she is reaching out through yeah. this medium to um, to send this message of stuff, of, of stuff that she she's kind of hinted at before, but never really seemed to have written about or, or spoken directly about, which uh, yeah. I always think is good. Um, and it's the same it's the same reason why I'm excited to see what Bo Burnham creates in the coming years because before when he was just doing stand-up shows and making himself so anxious he was throwing up and stuff yeah he never really spoke about anxiety and things like that he, it was only ever a joke um and then after i think happy his live show happy on yeah. netflix um after he that he grade. he wrote he's wrote, written a couple of movies but he's been very out about his um about his his um anxiety, anxiety. and his mental health and, and, and uh, his panic attacks, when like... the, when they when when artists and creators start actually like coming to terms with this about themselves and speaking out about it a lot the the things that they create from it are very very powerful and speak to a lot of people subject of that dan howell's book comes out next week i think uh i wow. need to check that the pre-order has actually that's a that's a that's an era uh, that's a time that's and it's called you will get through this night or something and it's about depression and uh dan howell has he's over the past year or so he's done a lot for mental mm. health like he was he was talking at Student Pride this year. I didn't watch any of it. It was all online this year. I didn't watch any of it just because of the Dan and Phil stands in the in the fucking chat. It annoyed me within five seconds. Fair. But uh, he spoke about mental health at Pride and he actively has been encouraging, again, his young audience to go and get mental health help and to reach out for help and to speak about it. And he's written a quote-unquote not self-help book about his struggles with mental health so yeah and it's really interesting to see creators like him um and people on youtube uh, i know tom's cast speaks about mental health quite a lot as well um it's it, it's refreshing to see people speak out about it in a way that isn't shameful and isn't Oh, we don't talk about that openly because it's embarrassing. It, it's yeah. nice. I hope that the generation below us mm. that are teenagers now will uh, have an adulthood where it's okay to cry on your best mate's shoulder. Exactly. Um, right. I, I feel like on, that's a good note to, that's to, a good note to end wrap on. up on. Um, yeah. It's very nice. I do want to just say a quick thank you to everybody who has came along in the chat uh and, and showed support and um added to the discussion there are a couple of messages uh, i didn't read out we're, we're not going to go too deep into them but we've been recommended a show called pose 
uh, which is about the I've trans and gay community in New York fighting it's to exist in the late dancing, 80s. It's about dancing, Which apparently is quite sad. Yeah, I'm not uh, going to read your my... name out there because I feel like it's a scam. Um, one of my trans friends, that is her favorite. But film, thank you, thank uh, you for following. Series. But if you if you want people if you want streamers to read out your name there, you may want to change it because it makes it definitely sound like you're one of these sites that you get to um, that 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 way where you want people to buy followers. So I'm not going to read your name out there. Sorry. Um, and also, uh, Kronos Stampede did add, ha add an interesting point. It just didn't fit anywhere in the conversation. Uh, I'm waiting to see our first LGBT villain with the quote-unquote Black Manta syndrome. And Black Manta is apparently an Aquaman villain uh, who wanted to go and make a place for people to escape bigotry, which is something that's also explored in Black Panther, I think, um, where one yeah, of, the, one of the, so the, vi the villain... Or anti-hero of the piece kind of wants to use the power to use the power of of Wakanda to sort of take back the world because he's experienced a lot of racism and and his people have been you know downtrodden in society for a very long time. It totally makes sense. I can see where he's coming from, and I can see I can definitely see white. where he's coming from. And an, an LGBT version of that would also be um, quite interesting. Uh, it, it, it would be it's interesting to see how that kind of thing is as... dealt with because it, it's not really... When you come into that kind of thing, it's not about the the place being created that's the villainy. It's just how they go about it that's the villainy. Like, there are better ways yeah. to create safe places for people to go um, that don't involve wiping out an entire other group of people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which is where a lot of the villainy comes from. Uh, I'm not really going to go back into the rest of that, uh, though. Silver the Shy, howdy, hello, welcome. I'm going to take a short break myself here, and then I will be back. I'm going to be playing some Apex Legends in about 20 minutes um, with Reckoning. Uh, so that's going to be fun. So if you enjoy a bit of that, if you enjoy a bit of gameplay, that'll be that. But this is the end of the podcast. Uh, so I'm going to go to my beer at back screen uh, and be right back, and I'll be about five or ten minutes, take a little break. Come back in, sit and chat for a moment, uh, and then get on and play some games. But thank you, Casper, for joining me for this and another wonderful podcast episode.